Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave. Hello, welcome to the EFL and Below Show in association with the Football Mank Cave, brought to you by the Manchester Football Social. This is the home of football fans in our city, and we're not talking about Premier League today. There's no Manchester City, there's no Manchester United. That's because we are the EFL and Below Show. Everything to do with football in the Football League and below in Greater Manchester. Your platform to have your say at MCR Footy Social on Twitter. Use the hashtag EFL Below to get in touch, and there's loads on the agenda tonight I'm Niall joining me in the studio we've got Ian from the Football Man Cave hello mates alright mate how you doing yeah, I'm very well <laughs> I'm very well and how about you Aaron who's also joining us are you good I'm always good very very good how are you, how um, are you? I'm fine I've had a bit of the man flu this week oh no yeah so Always. if I sound like maybe there's a bit of processing on my voice to make me sound all sexy and husky <laughs> it's not the truth it's just how I feel <laughs> honestly uh, but lots to chat about if you're a Berry fan you're in the right place because we'll be talking about your victory over Oldham in the League 2 Greater Manchester Derby which happened last week as well as that disappointing Checker Trade Trophy exit to Portsmouth one game away from Wembley but it wasn't to be for Ryan Lowe's Shakers also we'll be chatting about Bolton they're inching ever closer to a possible takeover let's not forget also Stockport County what a season they're having but of course your platform for your say at MCR Footy Social on Twitter right let's get straight into it then let's talk about Berry. Berry Football Club against Oldham for us doing an EFL and below show in Manchester that is that's a big one. It's a big game and it was a big result for Ryan Lowe's side. Yeah, Massive huge. result in front of a big crowd, a real confidence booster going into the back end of the season. It, and it, excuse me, it needed to be as well. I mean Oldham Oldham have made a decent start as well. I think it took a, a massive following there. And um Berry again just showed why the why the sort of basically favourites to go up that turnaround three goals a lot of people say sort of Oldham just, just thought it fell apart second half but hey fair play to Berry showed it once again now they can come back and, and score goals I think it'd be a bit unfair to say Oldham fell apart really I think it was more... I didn't watch it I was just saying of, of, of what I've read on, on yeah, everywhere yeah. they look like they fell apart yeah well I did watch it and I didn't think that uh, Oldham fell apart I thought Berry played very well in terms of they just wore Oldham down Sort of the relentless pressure mm. just told a bit. And obviously the the time Berry scored, obviously towards the last 20, 25 minutes of the game, and sort of when the equaliser went in, there was just that inevitability about that Berry were going to win. And you just kind of sort of knew really that they were going to win. There was no doubt amongst the stadium. I think the confidence that uh, as that's going on on the, the pitch with how well the team are playing and that's uh, going up onto the, uh, the terraces because the fans are really loving it and... Uh, yeah, you can't fault the way things have been going, really. What was the atmosphere like? Because, I mean, from what you were telling me the other day, it sounded like Oldham had both ends of the ground at Gig Lane and that there was a real sort of, not a hostile atmosphere, but a real Derby Day atmosphere about the game. Yeah, there wasn't a hostile atmosphere. I think you're almost what you need, really. I've been good to a lot of football in all leagues and you really do feel nowadays sort of the best atmosphere exists in the Football League and up and down the country over the weekend. You won't get much better atmospheres than... Uh, Berry Oldham in terms of both ends were full. The Oldham took both uh, stands behind the goals. But to be fair, Berry fans, the home fans, they really made the noise. It's the fullest I've seen either stand that the uh, the home fans took all season. And it 
and it just really meant for a big game in terms of the way the atmosphere was played old and went in front there was some good rivalry with the fans and on the pitch um, it really uh, it really came ahead obviously skulls and low going head to head for the first time but to be fair, Barry rode the storm. They didn't panic when they went 1-0 down. They still continued to create chances. Could have gone into half-time ahead, but they didn't. They didn't panic. And they just carried on with the plan. They didn't really change the tactics too much. It will continue to play the same football. Danny Mayer, Joe O'Shea getting on the ball more and more. And it really told. And they, uh, they ran out, in the end, very convincing winners. What do you reckon Scores has to do watching Oldham, as you did? Yeah. What do you reckon Scores has to do to that Oldham side? To that Oldham side. It's interesting. I was saying, um, I thought to myself... I do believe in Oldham there is a team. I think there are signs that I thought, yeah, you know, there's a couple of good players, you know, really do think that there's a team going in there. What I do think is very difficult to judge them probably against Berry. I think you need to probably judge them more against, say, a Morecambe or a, say, a crew who they failed to be in the week at Boundary Park. I think to um, I do think that there's um, something there. I think what you can take can take great credit on is the fact that they did hold Berry for, what was it, 70, 71, 72 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But, that maybe the way they fell apart. I tweeted something about that they conceded a lot of goals in the last 15, 20 minutes. I don't know whether you can read a lot into that. If you look at the Berry against Oldham game, Berry scored 72, 76 and 90. So I guess what, what you were saying about not the fact that they faded away, but I mean, is there a, a little sign of, of fragility there? You know, you can see twice in four minutes. That's uh, that's not always a great sign. Um, but then a 90th minute goal can happen at either end, chasing yeah. the game or, or just finishing a team off. I think um, the, but the, they, they withstood a, a fair amount of pressure for, for that long period yeah. of time and then eventually they crumble. I think they've played I think they've played a, 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 a lot of matches in a short space of time and at, at yeah. home as well. And I think the pitch has, has took itself. I think I know scores just got in there and it was like game, 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 game. It's this this week is his first full week with, with no game midweek. Yeah. And I so I think it was just a case of that fatigue has probably just kicked in and it has just been train play train play train play so it might have just been a case of fatigue at the end but i say if there's a stat there that there is. they're conceding they concede well there was a late goal conceded against mark and wasn't there? So it could be concentration it could be and, fatigue um, i don't know is it is it crew they conceded one yeah. one so there's um they've, they have been conceding some late goals so maybe it, i i quite could you question whether they're fit enough the players or do you think that's too? Uh, that's a bit too well, harsh to concede well, them look, goals late on. Well, like what Ian was saying, the games have been have been stacking up. Midweek games, Saturday. So you know, playing Saturday, Tuesday, four or five weeks in a row, that's bound to take a toll on your fitness. We're in the dying stages of the season now. I know these players are paid to stay fit and stuff like that, but the fact of the matter is, when you have a lot of games, you are going to start feeling the fatigue. There's no two Espe- ways about that. Especially coming back out of Christmas. Christmas <laughs> is such a a busy period that obviously you, you, when you had the FA Cup, a lot of running between, but you have Christmas, FA Cup, and then you have a backup of games. It's going to take its toll at some point. Yeah, you have to. I thought Oldham played very well in terms of the first, uh, the first half. You could there wasn't much in in the game. Very probably have more in the attacking third of the pitch. They sort of looked more dangerous in terms of the creativity. But a one 0 down, you could say it was a very good defensive performance from Oldham. You look at say ex Berry player Peter Clark in the defensive area was uh, playing very very well. You look at there was definitely a clear path clear plan uh the striker callum lang who re- was returning from injury could really see that the he was chris stokes in the uh the very back line was targeted there so there definitely was a clear plan from skulls in terms of to how to deal with berry but what i will say very quickly now is there was a change from low to take off chris stokes and bring on uh lavery and that really did make the difference because more went out onto the left and um it really did make the difference in terms of berry uh became a lot more of a handful and uh obviously led to the three goals I want to talk about the goal they conceded, Berry. Mm. Um, obviously, it was eight minutes in. It, Oldham trying to get a foothold in the game. But I kind of saw, because I was at the, the Berry against Portsmouth game, as you guys were uh, in the checker trade, and I kind of saw a similar trait between the first Oldham goal and one of the goals that Portsmouth scored in that checker trade game. The centre-halves of Berry and the goalkeeper for Berry is that is that their weakest point are they are the, the strength of Berry is the fast flowing attacking football they play yeah. they've got bags of goals in they're strong at home going forward they look a team that can really do damage i'm just concerned at the back when Berry's centre halves come up against a big lump in a striker we saw it in Ollie Hawkins for Portsmouth Callum Lang shrugged off the defender to put the ball in the net for Oldham's goal is that maybe a cause for concern for Ryan Lowe in terms of defensive 
duties. Yeah, I definitely think it's been a cause for concern. I don't think it's anything new. Like, mm. I feel like it's been a trait throughout the season. If you were to be a bit harsh and look at Berry's form in 2018 away from home, there were a few defensive errors, even at the even at home. We said against uh, Luton in the FA Cup, didn't yeah. we? We did we did identify defensive uh, frailties. That will be a thing. I think that will need to be addressed uh, in League One should they go up next season. I personally think they will, and maybe almost sort of. When you're when you're in League Two, the standard of opposition isn't 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 that good. You mm. sort of you can attack the attacking third of the pitch and the attacking players you have not sort of disguise the problems in terms of paper over the cracks, but the fact that Barry is so good going forward, they can kind of sort of overpower teams. But maybe definitely they come up against Portsmouth. I think was a great example of just the difference in standard. Mm. I didn't feel like there was too much. I think I did, overall, I didn't think there was too much in it between the two teams, but no. Portsmouth definitely had a 20-minute spell at the start of the second half. They really... Um, That's when they, they really put their turn, foot on the gas. Yeah, they really yeah. Uh, put the foot on the gas. You said turned it up a couple of gears, and I think the yeah. worry for Ryan Lowe will be that when Portsmouth had that spell where they did turn it up a few gears, Barry uh, conceded three goals. Yeah, uh, well, let's talk about that game then. Barry one win away from Wembley. Uh, unfortunately, they were turned over 3-0 by Pompey. And I think even me being a, sort of swaying towards Portsmouth as a Portsmouth fan, I can happily admit that I don't think 3-0 was a, I don't want to say not a fair reflection. Portsmouth scored three good goals, three very, very good goals in my opinion. But in terms of if you look at it on the balance of play and took the goals out of it, I don't think 3-0 was a particularly flattering scoreline for Pompey. No, it wasn't a 3-0 game. I said to you halfway through, then it's a, it's a tight game. It's going yeah. to be a 1-0 or a 2-1 or something like that. And I think Berry deserved to get a goal. But I just think, I think obviously Portsmouth, I'm a two in three minutes or something like that, yeah. we're in four minutes. That would be a concern for the gaffer, wouldn't yeah. you, surely? Conceding two quick goals like that. And that was just like, that just threw him completely. Yeah, not the stuff You just sort of see them just like, mm. just sort of lose their ideas a bit. I mean, Mayer was on the ball. It was just, in circles constantly, like there was, there was no runs, there was no like that creativity that we've kind of seen with Berry in the past. It was, it was still Berry's best best creative threat throughout the game. Oh, May, May was un- unbelievable, but there was just no one around him. No, that, that was the oh, thing. There was, was no quiet. one there to to sort of give that ball to another outlet. But I think it was it was just a case of it, it just knocked him for six. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I just think there we were talking about the difference in centre-halves there. I think you look at the difference in quality between Portsmouth centre-halves and Bury centre-halves. I think that maybe that, that, was an, that was an obvious disparity between the two sides there in that department. But in terms of attacking football, I think most of the Portsmouth contingent that were there, both press and supporters, think that Bury are, are going to be pretty comfortable in going up this season. Now, the argument, I think, was, will this... We said about the goals knocking the stuffing out of Berry. Will this result knock the stuffing out of Berry? Because they've not just been beaten in a semi-final. They were beaten 3-0. Now, whether whether it seems like a close game on paper, it's a 3-0 beating at home. You know, the away side's come in a semi-final mm. and beat you 3-0. Is that going to derail Berry's season? I think it's up to the manager to make sure that he keeps them on the straight and narrow, keeps them focused, particularly with Lincoln dropping points midweek as well. Yeah, I definitely think so in terms of... But that was the first defeat Berry have had in 2019. They've been, you know, yeah, yeah. on great form. It wasn't in the league, so maybe that'll... That won't have a great an effect, in my opinion. They play Maxfield at home on Saturday. Ma- Maxfield, we know, fighting for survival. Yeah. And that's sort of almost a bit of a local derby in itself. So I think we can't really answer that question until after Maxfield. Then they go on to play Cheltenham Town, um, I think, on the Tuesday after. So I don't really think that we can sort of say definitely what will happen till after the Maxfield game. But I would say that for the fact that it was the checker trade and Berry have got to the semi-final, whether um, you agree or disagree with the checker trade, I know there's a few Portsmouth fans who, are, <laughs> who aren't big fans <laughs> of uh, the checker trade, as, but, I, as I found out uh, yesterday afternoon. But you have to admit, with, with the checker trade, it's interesting you say the difference between supporters. So Pompey fans have really sort of been boycotting the competition as a protest against the introduction of, of under-21 Premier League sides into mm. the competition. I've not been shy about saying that on this podcast. That I think that is absolutely disgraceful. I cannot mm. stand the current format of the competition. However, for Berry, their supporters were very much excited, looking forward to the game, a massive opportunity for a club like Berry, which, with all due respect to them, aren't of the, of the same... not calibre is the wrong word, of the same prestige as Portsmouth in terms of history and things like that and just in terms of general size, fan base, etc, etc. So you could see to the Berry fans how much it meant to them. They turned out in their numbers, made a great atmosphere and I think the difference between the the, the two clubs is is quite interesting in terms of what their aims are for the checker trade. Berry is is a club that maybe might not get to Wembley too often 
in their in their sort of history. So you could see the real intensity there from the fans. Yeah, it was almost built as not this a semi-final, but a one game away from Wembley, wasn't yeah, it, yeah. really? And for Berry to get to Wembley, that's a huge thing. Obviously, Portsmouth have been to Wembley in the past, and, well, they're going again in a few yeah, weeks, and yeah. we'll be at Berry, we'll be, we'll be at Berry, we'll be at Wembley in the future. Berry probably won't be. They might be, saying a playoff for a final, for example, but the chances of Berry getting there, other than the checker trade, I'd say are very, very slim. And to almost argue against what you think now, it's a semi-final of a cup competition. Sure. So whether it's the Checker Trade, the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, the Champions League or the playoffs semi-finals, it's a semi-final so it's still a big game. I know it's not just... There'll be other fans of sure. say Sunderland who think that bigger Absolutely, League yeah. One clubs who've been uh, sort of in the ex-Premier League and ex-Championship uh, but it's still a semi-final and you know, you are one game away from the final and it's a chance to put a trophy in the cabinet and I think for Berry to to have that opportunity to get there, it was a really exciting night. In fact, that they were in a semi-final and all the fans at the end were cheering and when they were going off, there was a big round of applause. So there was a feel-good factor sure. that there was, we're all in this together. Absolutely, and I totally felt that being sat in the stands with you guys watching that game. Totally felt that and I completely respect that opinion about the importance of semi-finals. Silverware doesn't come around too often. Wembley doesn't come around too often, even no. for the bigger clubs. So you've got to take those opportunities. Yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it but as we were saying before, as long as it doesn't derail their season, now is a really testing time for all teams because it's when players start getting fatigued, as we mentioned. And if injuries do start to stack up, it's just a test of your metal to see what you're really made of. I mean, I mean the good thing about sort of League One, League Two and Championship is that them games come thick and fast. So if there is a defeat, you can sort of rectify it within a couple of days mm. and get right back on. There's no, there's no real... No real time to dwell on on the results. So let's say it was a cup competition, so it done. It's not affected the league form as such. Um, once it's a, an easy match against Macclesfield, it is on paper. But do you know what I mean? It, you'd be rather playing down near the bottom of the league than say playing a Mansfield or an MK Dons or something like that, wouldn't you? Mm. In your next game, so we'll just sort of see what what comes of it. Um, and it's a sort of test of the team how they're going to react to that three 0 defeat. It'll sort of. I think if they win. I mean, I think near enough, Barry are nailed on to get promoted, in my opinion. But I think if they if they win on Saturday, I think it's a good test of strength um, going forward and it, it bodes, them, bodes them well. Uh, a silver lining from um, the Portsmouth night would have been Lincoln didn't beat Exeter either. It was a 1-1 mm. draw. So I think that was definitely a positive in terms of the players could leave the ground, leave Gig Lane with... Um, bit of hope really that they could go up as champions they probably we know they're going to go up automatically but the fact that Lincoln didn't beat Exeter last night I think the players can draw something from that and they do know that they're right in the race for promotion and for the fact that they were playing Oldham in a local derby Oldham were defending for their lives um, to go back in terms of to prove the point of how will it affect them if we look at the there was they went to Forest Green they got over the line it was a difficult win they survived a, a comeback from Morecambe a few weeks ago in the league uh, they went to Exeter and played very very well and got the win unbeaten in the league in 2019 so um, I think will it affect them obviously we can't say definitely till after Macclesfield but the sure. way things have been over the past two or three months I think it's um, it's highly unlikely OK we'll have to wait and see what the future holds for Bury. unfortunately couldn't see off Portsmouth in the Checker Trade Trophy semi-finals to get to Wembley but they do have a massive opportunity of being automatically promoted from League 2 let's just take a little sidestep from the football and play a bit of a game. Last week, you quizzed me and Aaron about the Berry against Portsmouth game, one being a Pompey fan, one being a Shakers fan. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm going to take the reins on this one and uh, going to play a quiz that I've just made up off the top of my head. This is going to oh. be fun. <laughs> <laughs> if it's oh, named the, the Twitter. The I, it's <laughs> named the Twitter. It's not named the Twitter. Oh, um, I thought that was a good game, to be honest. But anyway. I crumbled twice on them. Hey, we won't crumble. Again, these games have no element of skill to them. Well, a slight element of skill to them, but mainly it's it's elements of quick thinking and luck. So should we give it a go? Yeah, Let's I'm, I'm go. currently on an unbeaten streak of one. <laughs> if anyone knows the plot to these, the luck games I win and the quick thinking games Ian wins. Oh, we'll, we'll see who wins this time, right? Name that team. Oh, exciting. Yeah, got intro on this I one. Know. I know, I know. Production <laughs> gone crazy for this. Uh, I'm asking you because at the time of recording this, it's National Strawberry Appreciation Day. So I need you to tell me, I want you to take it in turns, all of the teams that you can think of in the Football League, so we're not talking Premier League here, that play in red. 
because strawberries are red. Right. And this is the game. So, why don't I start you off with a nice easy one? Yeah. So, Football League, team that plays in red, Morecambe. Oh, Jesus, right. Rotherham. Rotherham. Well done. Nottingham Forest. Well done. Quickly run out of time here. Oh, um. Oh, Run that time. Swindon. Oh, good yeah. one. Good Craw- one. Crawley Town. Oh, yeah, Crawley. Oh, um. Oh, come on. Why does man go blank? Can't let him win. Can't even think. You can't let him win. Red, red. Stoke. Oh, okay. We'll get, we'll get, it was red and white, but we'll give him it. Stevenage. Oh, is that red or is that white? I, mm, I'll let him have it. I'll let Charlton. Him over to you, Aaron. Crew! Well done. Oh, come on. Give up. Um, oh, oh, what was that? Was what that, was that? Was that you giving up? <laughs> no, you I said him give, give up. up? <laughs> He's waving the white flag. Oh, hopefully not. Come um, on. Sheffield United. Oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well yes. done. Well done. Lincoln! Yeah? You're going to be sick of this by the end. Oh, the pressure's on. Sunderland. Oh, yes. yes. Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah, good, quick. God, they can't have many more left now, can they? Come on. Um, are we having Cardiff? What are they in now? <laughs> They're in the Premier League. Oh, what are you? <laughs> oh, he's yeah, but done. when are in the Championship. <laughs> game over. Oh, good game, though. Good yes, game. Aaron that takes one. that one. Aaron takes that one. National Strawberry Day. Um, I guess with strawberries and cream, you could have red and white striped shirts. I'll let you get away with that. Yeah. Anyway, this is the Manchester Football Social, the EFL and Below Show in association with the Football Man Cave. I promise you, we do talk about football. We don't just do stupid games every week. <laughs> as, if, as if I forgot Cardiff in Premier League. Oh, it's a, All the thought was blue and red. Blue and red. Well, I did play in it in a minute. Playing play blue. I did blue now, blue. yeah. Yeah, back blue in blue. Birds, that yeah. all changed back. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was working in Cardiff when that happened. Yeah. And they changed it to red. It was it a big kick off there, didn't yeah. didn't go down very well. I bet <laughs> it did not go down very well at all. Anyway, if you want to get involved on Twitter, it's at MCRFootySocial. Use the hashtag EFL below. After this, we're going to be talking about Stockport County and their incredible run. They're still on it. I can't believe they haven't lost yet. Uh, they might have lost by the time this goes out. Hopefully not. We don't want to jinx them. Um, of course, they're in the FA Trophy semi-final, so we'll be discussing that. And we'll also be discussing Bolton Wanderers, as we do often on this podcast, because it never seems to end. This is the Manchester Football Social EFL and Below Show. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave. 
Hello, I'm Niall. This is the EFL and Below show from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. We've talked about Berry, we've talked about Oldham, we've also played a game about strawberries and football. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But joining me in the studio, despairingly looking at me because he's just lost the I'm human. Yeah. <laughs> I hate losing. I love hate doing it. this. Halfway through every show, you'll probably hear a difference between Ian's voice at the start <laughs> and then at the end when he's played a game and lost. <laughs> but aside from that, you're all good. No car breakdowns this week no sciatica this week no we're all good i've been to blackpool today how was it beautiful it's really nice weather's beautiful been good weather. this week isn't it fish and chips a couple of donuts and an ice cream up beach the weather's so nice it's abnormal isn't it the weather oh i love moment. it i've heard that wildfires have started because of the weather that's global crazy, warming that. it's global warming global warming give us a follow on twitter hashtag efl below we want to know all of your uh, thoughts on everything we talk about on the show give us a nice little review as well we don't like to talk about Manchester City or Manchester United on this show, but if you do have a shining towards those two clubs, if you really have to listen about how they're getting on, then give us a subscribe on our podcast, Manchester City Football Social. Just search that wherever you find your podcasts. And the same for Manchester United Football Social and give us a nice little subscribe. But we're here to talk about the EFL and below in Greater Manchester. And let's start with the below. And we talk about them a fair amount on this podcast just simply because they're doing so well. Stockport County, Jim Gannon... He's there again, I think his third spell now at the club, but he's going better than he could have imagined, really. I mean, they're flying high towards the top of the National League North, obviously them and Shawley in a real battle for automatic promotion and top spot in that division. But semi-finals of the FA Trophy as well, Ian, a sign of a good side is a side that's not only doing well in the league, but a side that's doing well in the Cups as yeah. well. I think Glasgow beat 2nd of December, I think, when this run started, and they drew three matches since then, which is... Which is unreal. Like I say, I've said it over and over again. It's, it's nice to see him sort of wake up, but they're into the uh, into the semi-finals of the FA Trophy. Cast Maidstone aside last night. Was it three 0 Yeah, three 0 I mean, Maidstone obviously a National League club, and they comfortably discarded them. Like, like you know, like it was just easy for them. Yeah. I mean, to a Maidstone beat Salford City, and we know how good Salford have been this season. Although they've they've tailed off a little bit now, but you know, to win three 0 against a, a team in the division above, I mean, that that's some statement, isn't it? And, it, and it, it'll obviously just give them confidence <laughs> of two things. One, obviously, this season. And two, like, if they do get promoted, they can mix it with that sort of National League level and, and mix it relatively easy. I was going to say that um, if they were to go up next season, obviously, probably will go up next season, they're on their own. But Stockport being in the uh, the National League next season, you won't have them for a team going down to be relegated, would you? You'll no. have them a team who can have the chance to go up and it wouldn't surprise me if in two years we're sat here now if we're hopefully we'll still be sat here in two years and Stockport are uh, part of the football league or on the verge of going into the football league we talk about Salford don't they have that two year have that plan and uh, they want to take probably no more than two years to get out of the national league and I think that's something that would be on Stockport's horizons you've got to take it one step at a time of course you know that they're only national league north now but they're um they, the sky's the limit for Stockport, as we say every week, and they'll mm. um, they'll be wanting to uh, probably next season thinking about the national league well, already. Well, like what I was saying to Ian, it's a case of if you're a good team, you're going to be doing well in the cup competitions in one way or another. I mean, that's generally a, a rule of thumb. I mean, you look at the FA Trophy semi-finals, the draw, Leighton Orient against AFC Telford and AFC Fylde against Stockport. All four of those teams going well in their respective leagues yeah. I mean this could be um, let's just I don't, I don't like to tempt fate or try and predict what might happen but let's just say Leighton Orient beat Telford and Stockport overcome filed a Leighton Orient Stockport final w- at Wembley I mean that's a football league fixture isn't it yeah should be it could be in a couple of years as well the way the way they're both going but um, I think obviously like I said the run they're on they'll probably feel a, an air of invincibility about them yeah, yeah. and if they if the, the cup goes hand in hand with the league, as long as one's not affecting the other, then um, it's only going to be good for Stockport. And everybody loves a cup run. Everybody loves a cup run. Fans are uh, be gearing up for an, an, like say another little trip out, won't it? And yeah. in the strange way that football works, Aaron, AFC filed against Stockport is one of the ties in the in the uh, in the FA Trophy semi-finals. I mean, Ramsbottom United might have dreams of what might have been if they had overcome filed. Yeah, I was definitely going to think that the Ramsbottom would have played Barnet had. Um, They'd have overcome Fylde because Fylde obviously played Barnet in the uh, the quarterfinals. And having seen Fylde this season and seen that even though we know they're going so well in the National League, but they're definitely vulnerable defensively. I definitely uh, can see Stockport at least scoring a few goals there. I don't think that'll be... Obviously, there's a, there's a league difference. But um, 
Stockport have nothing to fear there, and you, whatever league you're in, you're in the National League, you're filed. You won't want to be playing Stock, Stockport at the moment because they're an absolute juggernaut, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. Just a style Their defensive thing. record is, is brilliant as well at the minute. I mean, lowest uh, conceded in, in the league. And Fowl's defensive uh, record isn't particularly yeah. good. I mean, they conceded five against Ramsbottom and struggled in the first 25 minutes, half an hour in the uh, the replay. So Stockport watching that back will think uh, we can definitely get at this team. I mean, you look at Stockport and what they might achieve this season. I mean, a, a, league, a promotion and a, a trophy final, or I mean, even a, a promotion and a trophy semi-final. I mean, it's a, it's a magnificent achievement from Jim Gannon, it, regardless of what happens. And to keep them on an unbeaten run, it's almost like you don't want the season to end. There's always this thought that if they do go up, that that, that momentum could carry them up again, like what Aaron was suggesting. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a real test for Jim Gannon, isn't it? Because things can change so quickly in football, like what I was saying before. If there's a few injuries... And a few games not uh, sort of building up and stuff like that, then there's a real chance that things can fall apart very quickly. All it takes is a couple of defeats and the league's all mixed up again. Yeah. So it's important not to get complacent and think, right, we're on this great run. We're just going to see it through now till promotion. I mean, that's a dangerous way of thinking. I'm not suggesting they will be, be having that mindset, but you just got to be wary of that. Yeah, I mean, what is there about 14, 15 games left that season or something like that? And they'll just want to keep that run going. Charlie have had a bit of a... A bit of a um, a bump in the road as such. They lost against Ashton at weekend. Massive result for Ashton, obviously. And um, Stockport, not so much relying on other, other teams to do favours, but I think Stockport now, it's like it's like when you're watching horse racing and that, that horse in second has just got the momentum going forward and the horse in front's just running out of steam a little bit. Because Charlie had been brilliant all season, to be fair. I watched them at the start of the season and, and they blew Ashton United at the reverse fixture away. Um but it seems Stockport are just, just sort of coming to the roll now and you can sort of see they're a game behind if they win the game and they're all, both on their 63 points or, or level on points and then it's a case of just building. If you're, you're Charlie, you, you were looking, say, at the start of January thinking, oh, the gap between us and Stockport is quite huge. We were talking about that last night uh, off topic about how we were talking a good few weeks ago, the gap that Charlie had built between themselves and second place and third place yeah. and how... Stockport have closed that gap and if you're Charlie thinking God well they've lost three of the last five Charlie haven't they and if you're Charlie thinking comes on to what I was going to say now if you're Charlie the ten points behind then you look again and it's oh my gosh it's three points then the pressure kicks in and you're thinking you don't think about what's to come you think what's behind you and how close it's getting so you could argue that the pressure's got to Charlie for how well Stockport are playing yeah I I think they're definitely running out of steam I think unless unless something goes drastically wrong at Stockport I I can't see they're not in my opinion, going up as uh, champions this this year, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it there now. I, I mean, surely have won two more games than Stockport, but they have played the one more fixture. Um, but like you say, Stockport's defence, although surely do have a better goal difference, Stockport's defence that could be the key. Yeah. I mean, even if they grind out wins one nil, we've we've kind of got used to see them blowing teams away, winning two, three, four at times. But I mean, even if they can just grind one nil results out, that'll be. Massive for them. Wins are wins at the end of the day. Points mean prizes at this stage of the season. Yeah, and if you stop put, you're just thinking promotion now, aren't you? And promotion as champions, you're not thinking too much about uh, how the wins are going to come. They know they've been uh, playing really good football and the confidence must be so high amongst the players and in the dressing room. And we discussed it with Berry a few weeks ago and I made the point of when you're winning, you think, are we ever going to lose? And when you're losing, you think, I don't know where the next win's coming from. And I think, obviously, the former applies with Stockport here. Yeah. Because, you know, they're on cloud nine. They're playing so well. And sort of, you can have, mate, you don't have a bad performance almost. And this is just, I think, a great time for the football club. Could you perhaps, I'm going to put this out there, draw maybe a comparison with Stockport and Salford in terms of the fans' expectations could get too high in terms of next season? No. And if they would be, well, you could do in terms of if they were struggling... In, in uh, the National League, we talk about Stockport being a sleeping giant. Suddenly yeah. the fans are thinking, we could be in the Football League. I mean, I said before, some fans are thinking, you know, rubbing hands together, thinking we're going to be in League 2 in a couple of I seasons. S- I see where you're coming from. I've got to be honest, I can see why you would draw that comparison. Yeah. I think but Stockport... I think you say no, it's probably because Stockport have got a bit more history in terms of being there. Yeah, and I think Stockport fans feel like they should be a league club. Sure. Exactly. But I think if they go up this season... It is one promotion. I don't know when the last promotion was, but it'll just be a case of let's cement ourselves in this league. And if we go up, we we'll get playoffs and happy days. I think. I mean, they've been down in the National League North for ages. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think they'll be. I think they'll be buzzing just to be in National League and that one step closer to league football. 
Um, all right, so, but if they carry this season's form on into next season and they start off you know, like like they have out of the traps, then obviously that expectation, I think, then will rise because I think, well, last season we absolutely smashed it. So yeah. But it, it all depends on how they start the season, in my opinion. I mean, it'll also be a good test against Fylde in the trophy because if that is the standard they're going to be coming up against next season, then, then it's a good chance to test themselves against that level of opposition. Yeah, absolutely. And Fylde are a really strong team and... Um, Definitely, they probably if you're watching the game, you you won't be able to tell much difference between Fylde and Stockport in the sense that Stockport in the head of thinking we know about the size of Stockport. It's a club probably bigger than Fylde, great history than Fylde, I would say, and um, they won't be going there thinking there's a league difference between us and Fylde. They'll be thinking, you know, we should be we should, we've got a great chance of winning this because of our form. And um, obviously, if say Stockport were to beat Fylde, the point I'm really making is you probably couldn't call it an upset because of Stockport and punching not above the weight in terms of they are doing so well this season, they're doing abnormally well to what they've been doing over the past few years. But I do feel there'll be a, a mentality amongst the fans, amongst the players, in and around the club thinking, look how well we're doing and wanting to carry it on. And that's why coming to what I said before in terms of mm. if it gets to, say, a year's time, they continue the great form on to next season and it gets to Christmas and they're struggling. I do feel like there could be like an over-panicker of thinking, gosh, what's going on here? I, I think there'll be a fear of going back down to National League North if they if they do that, because obviously, I think once you don't they want to be sucked back in, do you? No, once no. they get out of it for Stockport and the fans, it'll be like, right, we're out of there now. That's the last time we've, we're going to be this low as such. This mm. is trajectory upwards. You know what I mean? Obviously, they won't want to get back down. So after these, these years, they want to be. I think they had a plan. I can't remember how many years it was, but it was a case of just get back into league football within four years or I, something like that I just wonder whether I mean this is the cynical football fan in me coming out here I just wonder whether if they do see off filed over two legs and they do get to Wembley is that going to distract the players and they might be thinking you know we've got a big game in the cup we've got a chance to get to Wembley once in a career sort of thing is a possibility of them getting to Wembley as players maybe overshadowing a season's work in promotion not in a negative way I'm just thinking in terms of how they assess the next few weeks of their season. Yeah, I think if you're a player, though, you've got to relish that, haven't you? Playing for Stockport, a big club, you know, great run in the league, great chance of going up, semi-finals of the FA Trophy. If you're a player, you want to be relishing that. You're in the semi-final of a cup competition. You might be in a final of a cup competition. You know, that's never a distraction. That's something you should embrace. You should, you know, relish and you should live up to. I don't really... There is a belief nowadays, sort of, we in too many cup competitions. We see a lot of the time, sort of in the Premier League, we see clubs in the Championship pushing for promotion. They sort of discard the cup competitions. And if you're a squad full of confidence, you want to be turning up playing every week. Why shouldn't you want to be in two competitions playing so well? You know, they shouldn't fear anything, Stockport. They've had a great run. They've not lost since the start of December. It's, you know, three months old. You know, it's March on very, very soon. So they're playing very, very well. And if you're a Stockport player, you're Jim Gannon, and you're part of the club, your fans, you want to be rubbing your hands together thinking we've got a chance to make a memorable season. Could it be a distraction in terms of if you think too much about the cup away from the league? I don't think that'll happen because they're on this great unbeaten run. They'll want to continue that. And I just think they'll be taking it one game at a time. And if they were um, looking at distractions, then they'd have probably thought so much about how good the run has been on and thinking about that unbeaten run too much to the point they'd have probably lost. I think should they lose... Make, say a game and then lose back-to-back games before the semi-final then they, uh, they could start to panic and that could start to say I'm just looking at this, the games they've got after that so the, the final's actually on the 19th of May but if we, if we use the premise of those semi-finals the second leg of the semi-final FA Trophy is, is on the 23rd of March after that um, they've got a, a rearranged game with Chester to play because that's when they were due to play the Chester game so they need to be rearranged against Chester they've got Darlington Hereford Blythe Chorley Curzon and the Neaton um, the Neaton might well be relegated by then on the last day of the season. So that might be a difficult one for them because the Neaton might think, well, we've got nothing to play for now. The shackles might be off and they might be... Usually the case as well, isn't it? Yep, usually mm-hmm. the case. Before that, they've got Curzon. We know Curzon are capable of providing an upset. And before that, they've got Chorley. So Chorley, Curzon and Stock- uh, and the Neaton, the last three games of the season for Stockport, they might seem quite simple on paper aside from Chorley, but it's never like that, is it? No, not at all. And I think probably the mentality is stick in this title race until we get Charlie and I think Charlie will it'll be whoever wins that goes on and, and wins the wins the league um, Curzon like I say dodgy outfit and Nuneaton last game of the season it is and you always see it, whatever league teams performed 
terrible all season. And as soon as they're relegated, bump they start smacking four or five goals in and keeping clean sheets. So you, it's a case of keeping this momentum going and probably you probably don't want to get to that Charlie match and have a game of whoever wins this wins the league. But it's a case of trying to get it as wrapped up as quick as possible. I agree with the comment on the momentum. But he said so about let's just stick in the race till we get to Chorley. You know, that could not... be the mentality of it. Yeah, it could be the mentality. But why would that be the mentality when they've been playing so well? They're not thinking we need 10 points from five games for safety. Like they're in a relegation battle. They've not lost since the start of December. I they mean, but if they, they do They won't lose. be trying to stick it, just stick it in though, will but, they? They but, want um, to be like going on to bigger and better things. Yeah, but, but if they, they, if they won't they want do, to be losing a match from lose, now to Chorley. It's the that's response, the isn't it, how yeah. they lose? If they do lose. And if they lose to Chorley, that's huge. But I'm just thinking... You know, when you if say they overtake Chorley, and I said this on the last podcast, if they become top of the league, the mentality then changes. You're no longer yeah. the chaser; you're the one being chased. And Chorley, then it's up to them to try and chase them down again, and that can change the dynamic of of a whole season just simply by one team losing, another team winning. You go top. I mean, there's two ways of thinking about it. There's yes, we're on top, we're going to stay there, we're determined, and then there's another thought school of thought which think right, okay, they're only one point behind. Let's just quickly, you know, make sure we don't mess up. Yeah, and Jeez. that's when it heads to that Charlie match. It is a case of making sure you're toe to toe with Charlie. That's what like the point is: is keep toe to toe with them. Even like I say, because inevitably, I think they're going to lose a match from now to end of the season. I can't see them going another 14 games unbeaten or something like that. But keeping in there if they lose, and like I say Charlie win or whatever, it's just keeping that distance so that when they do play Charlie. It's, it's a big match. Right, the podcast has absolutely flown by. This is the EFL and Below show from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. But before we go, it's our favourite football club chairman in the world, Ken Anderson. Yes. We've got to talk about it because in the last week since the last podcast, there's been a statement on Bolton Wanderers' website, their official website, saying that a sale is very close or has been agreed in principle to sell Bolton Wanderers Football Club to Burnden Leisure. And a period of due diligence has now begun once this process has been completed and the requirements of the EFL have been satisfied. A further announcement will be made to supporters. So as of yet, there's been no confirmation as to who these people actually are, Burnden Leisure, where they come from, what they do. But many will think that anyone coming in will do a better job than yeah. Ken Anderson. Mind you, mind you, there's been a couple of people that have said Ken Anderson hasn't been that bad yeah. on, on social media, which is I, really interesting. I'm going to get it up and I've seen it and um, I think there were maybe 80, 80 comments after I'd, I'd look at it and I thought, I bet he's regretting putting that up. He says, considering the imminent departure of everyone's favourite chairman. My favourite chairman. Your favourite My favourite one to bash because I don't like him. <laughs> Some stats on the great man. Promotions won, relegations nil, transfer <laughs> expenditure 200k. Transfer income, 8.5 million. Managers sacked, zero. Players' wages paid, zero. Yeah, he didn't put that one in, did he? <laughs> Winding up petitions against, plenty. Christian Deutsch sagas, one. <laughs> <laughs> Court appearances, zero. Reporters banned, two. Upset vegans, one. Tennis balls received as gifts, 26. And career earnings, 525k. He said, thanks for the memories, Ken. I think that's just crazy. Well, there's certainly been plenty <laughs> of memories, but... In, in terms of memories for Bolton fans, Aaron, they've not been particularly fond memories. However, they still have a fighting chance, a puncher's chance of staying up in the Championship they're this only, year. They're only four points from safety. That's, that's not the BL and end. That's what that's I mean. It's still a chance. great chance. We've been talking about Bolton, and now I'll hold my hand up as responsible for this. Like They're about 12 points cut adrift at the bottom of the league, and they're already playing for life in League One. But if you look back in terms of the Championship, and you really look at the league this season and analyse it, they've never been cut adrift. They've always been within about four or five points of survival and it's just a case of you know you get a couple of wins together they had that great win at, against Birmingham and you wanted to really push on uh, Sod's Law the uh, the next couple of games they've played have been Norwich and Leeds we know obviously they had a very very bad afternoon against Norwich but they pushed Leeds right to the end and you've got to be able to draw positives when you're at the bottom and enough positives to uh, to make something of make something of a survival. And I think uh, playing Leeds 1-1 for long periods of the game and really pushing Leeds, who were flying at the top of the league, lost to QPR, but um, they've been playing very, very well, Leeds. And you've got to draw at least some pluses from that and look and look to maybe to a better future. There is a chance they can stay up. And you look at Rotherham, Ipswich, Reading around them, um, teams who aren't... And they're not doing great either. There's no teams who are really sort of finding great form. And it's just a case of who is going to uh, to make that step up. Wigan aren't doing too great. 
I think there's a chance they can survive. I think they're not. That would be th- huge. Think... In terms of an end to the season, them getting new ownership and staying up in the championship could be massive for them. It'd be huge. And it's not, it's not impossible they're going to do it. They've lost four out of the last five and they've lost plenty of games all season. But say they've, they've won more than Rotherham. They've won the same amount as Reading. Matt, the worry you've got to look at Bolton is how many games they've lost. Yeah. They've lost 20 games. Ipswich have lost 19, but they've cut adrift had a shocking season. But other than that, the teams haven't... They probably haven't scraped enough wins out, have they? They've not grinded out enough wins. And when we look at the times they've lost, they've been like Rochdale. They've been real heavy defeats like they were against Norwich. They had that uh, win a couple of a few games ago but against Birmingham, I'm pretty sure. But in, ter- but in terms of a run towards the end of the season, though, new we, say, so we speak about new manager bounce. You love talking about new manager bounce, love don't it. you? Um, but what about new owner bounce? You know, we, we could see a new owner come in and they could treat this next seven, eight games to the end of the season almost like as a mini season. Yeah. Write the rest of the season off, ignore the league position and just go out there. And they should be doing this anyway, to be fair. And I'm sure they're trying their best, those players and Phil Parkinson. But could we see a new owner bounce a better feel-good factor around the fans in the stadium can often emanate onto the pitch. It can often transmit onto the players that good feeling around the ground. I mean, yeah. We've seen I mean, it, like we've spoken about Barry. we've seen yeah. it with them this season. Right, if Bolton have that, say, from chairman, so top level coming right down, instantly sort of, I don't know, just adds a couple of extra biscuits with people's tea and, you know, just something random like that. It'll just give people a bit of a, a bit of an up, won't it? He'll appreciate that, old Sol Campbell. <laughs> at his first press conference, that's what he said. He said, there's not enough biscuits in this stadium. So, don't forget about that, mate. Your team's bottom of the football league. I know. They've done okay though, Macclesfield, haven't they? Yeah, done they have. okay, Sol. Done yeah, okay. They've done okay. But, but yeah, I, it could it could just give them a, a, an extra boost. You know what I mean, like, obviously the fans won't be on them as much because the guy they want out is finally out. So, it'll give them a, a, a bit of a a bit of a bounce and I'd say that feel good factor even if it lasts a couple of matches that's probably what they need just to get themselves back in because it's it's, it's not so much tight down there but it's only four points and a couple of losses you know what I mean Reading have only won one in five Rotherham haven't won in five um, Millwall have only won one in five Wigan have only won one in five Stoke haven't won in five so there's a lot of teams with bad form down there that can be capitalised on. Yeah, and we we da- we haven't spoken about Wigan too much on this podcast over the last few weeks, but certainly you feel to, they need to start pulling some results out of the bag as well to make sure they're clear of safety and keep their heads above water. No, Paul Cook very well over at Wigan, so um, hoping that he can he can do the business for them. But like you say, I mean, no teams are really safe until it's mathematically secure. We've seen teams go on a real slide and a real slump and other teams go on a real winning run and, and get out of the danger zone so anything can happen as long as for me the fans uh, are happy yeah I mean I think that I, I would say the fans would take relegation back to League One in order for their football club to be secure in the long term with a decent owner who's willing to build from the bottom up build those foundations and get the club back on a stable footing again and start again if I was a Bolton Wanderers supporter I would snap your hand off and say Anderson will go we'll be relegated but we'll be more sturdy more secure and ready to try and mount a promotion charge next season I would snap your hand off if I was a Bolton fan well yeah. Sunderland I think is a prime example again obviously I know that takeover didn't end the season but it was a case of take the relegation and then just just build from the foundations up. And I think teams sometimes just need that reset button, especially with a new owner. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Would you do the same as what I've just said? Yeah, I 100% agree. We've not agreed on everything in this podcast, <laughs> but I totally agree 100%. You just want you want that strong future, don't you? That stable future over the next five, ten years. What I would say about Ken, Ken Anderson is other than, you know, he's a... His regular social media updates about how well his club's doing would be um it's been too short term for me. So if you know one game every few months, you know new owners coming in. There was the shambles with the transfer embargo. It feels like a bit hit and miss. You know, round one corner, this corner. There feels like there's lack of stability. They just need to get back on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is not with a new manager. Um, he's with a new chairman, isn't it? Because they set the standards at the top. The, they say the book stops with the manager, but the, the book stops with the chairman because they represent the club, don't they? Yeah. In terms of so many ways. We know Ken Anderson's done a, a terrible job at a, Not a very good job at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say a terrible job at that. <laughs> so, you know, you get... He's going to come after you now. He will, on Twitter, he can like them Portsmouth fans. <laughs> so you, <laughs> Sorry about that. There was a few, I should have warned you. There was a few of them. There was a few of them, I'm telling you. But... Um, yeah, just want the new uh, the new owners to come in and just probably build for a better future. They did get promoted from League One uh, in sixteen seventeen, but um, 
and they only just stayed up last season with that dramatic win over Nottingham Forest. But it's just literally a case of, should they go down? I probably do think they'll go down. Then the season after, they just try and build, and you just want, say, two or three stable years in the Championship and then maybe look to build a better future. But it's definitely like a five, ten-year plan. Yeah, totally agree. Well, lads, thanks for joining me for the podcast. Yes. Pleasure as always. Always. So, always about, a joy. Sorry about the strawberry game. It was a pr- bit of a shambles. On Brilliant. The... You enjoyed it? Yeah, it was actually decent. Next week... We'll sack off the strawberry game or any fruit-related quizzes, and I think you guys should bring one in. I think next week, bring well, one I, in. Like I set a pretty high standard last week, so I think Aaron's Aaron's the uh, the guy here. I said I'd yeah, do. Yeah, I said I'd say. do a quiz last week. I said I'd do the quiz. It'll just show be about and... biscuits or something, won't it? Just biscuit related it, all the way through. Is it, yeah, McVitie's McVitie's day or something, or Maryland Cookies Day. <laughs> well, I tell you what, they did a really good quiz on the Wednesday Club on this week's Manchester Football Social. They did a, a quiz about headlines, newspaper headlines, and puns. And what's the best pun you could make out of uh, this made-up headline? So Aguero scores a 90th-minute winner uh, that deflected in off of a block of cheese that was thrown onto the pitch. So what's your headline? But I went for unbelievable, and I thought I was. Ah, the, that's, I, that's the best that's one. That's that got to be the best one, yeah. isn't it? We're not um, biased at all, but yours was the best. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we're talking about fun games. Download the podcast. It's the Manchester Football Social. Just search for that wherever you find your podcasts. Lots of other podcasts available on there as well. Manchester United Football Social, if you are a red. Manchester City Football Social, if you are a blue. But if you support a football league side in Greater Manchester or the non-league around this area, this is the podcast to subscribe to. The EFL and Below Show, right here from the Manchester Football Social and the Football Man Cave. I've been Niall. My thanks to Ian. Thank you. My thanks to Aaron. Thank you. And we'll speak to you next time. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 